Thank you for listening to the Praise Family of Churches podcast. We have physical buildings throughout Oregon in Monmouth, McMinnville, Eugene, Mitchell, and Willamina, but our community extends around the world. If you would like more information about any of our churches, please visit www.praiseonline.net. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Behind the Message, a podcast where we go deeper into what was preached on Sunday and the series as a whole. I'm your host, Morgan, and with me in the studio today, all the way from Mitchell, Oregon, uh, joining me via Zoom is Patrick Farrell, who preached on Sunday. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And today, it's just (laughs) going to be the two of us, actually. Um, Normally, we have a third person, but uh, this week, it's just Patrick and I. So uh, you'll get to hear a lot more of me this week, I suppose. (laughs) Um, That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, so on Sunday, we, you preached on Nehemiah chapters 10 through 12, um, and you were talking about rebuilding the wall, um, which is very similar to just our series as a whole right now, which is rebuilding the church. Um, and so I thought, could you just summarize a little bit like your main points from Sunday, um, just for those who maybe missed (laughs) the service? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, so the over it's the big overarching theme was this Nehemiah's quest for holiness, and um, and his, uh, I believe, when you read through the the book of Nehemiah, his quest for holiness is is, you know, not just for him but for the children of Israel, is kind of reflected in the in the reconstruction of the wall uh, around Jerusalem because he knew as a governor that there would have to be some kind of protections in place for the, for the people to thrive and mm-hmm. for there to be financial stability and things like that. So he goes into great detail about like all of the things that they do, the people do, you know, who does what and what gets contributed where. And, and it's really interesting because all that detail, when you, when, you know, when you look behind that, um, you know, one of the points that I had was like details are reflection of of whatever your devotion is or whatever your desire is. Um, if you greatly desire something, you tend to like get into a lot of details. Right. You're really passionate <laughs> about it. You have a lot of energy towards that, whatever that thing is. Exactly. And you see that in, in Nehemiah because like part of Nehemiah is he's trying to get, uh, you know, he's trying to get the children of Israel to kind of get back on track with this, this concept of, keeping the Sabbath holy and keeping the, all of the covenants and they bind themselves with a curse to, you know, to keep these covenants and of God and things like that. And so like, there's this, they're really seeking to become holy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, there's things that they do. Um, but, you know, I mean, the real bummer is of course, Nehemiah chapter 13, it, it's just like the wheels fall off the wagon and, <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? <laughs> but um, so, yeah, just the, all those details, I think, was kind of a reflection of his desire to bring about holiness um, in a way that that he could, and which was rebuilding the wall. Um, and then just this bigger principle that really stood out to me, which was, you know, do we rebuild things that just need to be reborn? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a big difference there. And that's, that's kind of what I, I guess I ended on was, 
you know, are you trying to rebuild something in your life in order to reflect holiness? You know, and is that something that just needs to be reborn? Because Jesus was like in the temple when he fashioned a whip and he's driving people out. (laughs) He was pretty mad, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. And it was because, you know, there was this desecration of the whole of the temple and of the Sabbath. And right there, Nehemiah, it's like, oh, we promise we will neglect the temple of our God and we will, you know, we will honor the Sabbath and all these things. And I know it's a long time later, but, but yet, you know, here they were, the, you know, the religious leaders were like defending what was going on in the temple in a way. And they're like, oh, well, what authority do you have to drive the merchants out? And he's like, what authority do I have? You should have been doing this, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I liked about that particular point in your sermon was you were talking about how in each of those sentences started with we, like we will do this, um, we will not do this or something like that. And it's forgetting the main point that like we're doing all this for God, like he's the one that's actually doing all this. We can't do anything without him. And so when we <laughs> try to rely on ourselves, on we, on me, um, then we miss the whole point of it really, which is to rely on God and his power and his strength because we can't do any of this on our own. Um, and I think that was one of your points really with the rebirth rebuilding um, was that like we can't rely on we, we have to rely on God. Um, and yeah, I just I think really love that. Yeah, there's this, I think there's a desire in everyone to be pleasing to God, right? Like, I think Absolutely, that's, Absolutely, yes. Know, I mean, yeah. I think we have that desire. But yet, you know, Paul talks about like, all of my dedication to the Lord is, a, is, is nothing but, you know, filthy rags, mm-hmm. right? And so without him, it's like, it's... Uh, I don't want to say it's wasted effort because it, it does, you know, the quest for holiness, I think does bring about change in our life in a great way. But I think we get hung up on, um, you know, like I got to get my life all tucked away and figured out fixed before I become, before I come to the Lord. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and Jesus is saying, look, I'm giving you, I want to give you new life to begin with. And then let that ripple through. So he's like, he's saying, seek a rebirth rather than like try to rebuild your life and then come to me. Forget about it. Ditch the walls, ditch the altar, ditch the everything. Just come to me. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that's more important than, you know, trying to like, I don't know only listen to Christian music or don't (laughs) smoke cigarettes or don't drink or, you know, or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. you're trying to like impress God with. And, and, you know, I, I think God's wholly unimpressed with our (laughs) holiness. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So yeah, doing it on your own is just like, I mean, and that's a, you know, that's a relentless taskmaster. It's not a, it's not a relationship. It's mm-hmm. a it's a to do list that is always going to be longer than you'll ever. I mean, you'll never be able to check everything off. No, yeah. You just it's just not going to work. And so, mm-hmm. instead, why not why not go for rebirth instead of like, oh, I got this to do list of holy things I need to do today, <laughs> and it's only a thousand 
checklist items long. <laughs> Whew, that seems yeah. daunting. Anyway, well, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I just said that, you know, a thousand things on a checklist in a day, yeah. that seems very daunting to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, you know, and I, I, like, you need a helper. That's all there is to it. Mm, yeah. uh, we all need a helper. And yeah. I'm, I'm working on a project on one of the local ranches, and they want me to put some new siding on this, this building that they have. You know, and this ranch is, I mean, I'm seven miles out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, you know, and there's just me, right? So I had to buy like a couple special tools to help hold the siding in place so I could do it. I mean, like I can't do it myself. I have to have a helper. And, you know, thankfully Amazon has the tool and it's cheap. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, it's like this picture of, oh no, God, I'll rebuild this little shed that I'm working on all by myself. I'll rebuild the wall by myself. And he's like, you know, just like, I, you know, I got her for you. You just, <laughs> you just ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is the ask, so. you know, we have to make sure that we actually do ask because we can't just be like, oh, you know, what was me? Like, you know, I'm just going to suck it up and do it. Like it's that actual like humility piece of asking um, and being willing to, you know, admit that we can't do it on our own and ask. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you know, we live in a Western culture, you know, we live in this Western culture where it's all about my achievements. Mm -hmm. So that's really hard to ask. Yeah. Well, I think you know, also I like, struggle with that for sure. Oh, absolutely. I do too. I try to be very independent and very like, you know, I can do it. And um, if I can't, then I can figure out a way to do it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And right. so right. having that humility piece of being like, no, I can't do it. And it's not just like a, well, then I guess I'll just live with it without, you know, without it. Like it's no, you, you just, you just make that simple ask. Like you just have to humble yourself before the mm -hmm. Lord. And just, you know, ask for his help and, and tell and him, like, like, you know, I'm nothing without you and I need your help right now. Yeah. And I, th I think that, that one of the most important things I've learned is that you need to, it, we have to start with that mindset to begin with, right? Like we've got to make the, you know, the mental shift from mm -hmm. I'll do it myself and then I'll ask God when it doesn't yeah. work to... Yeah. Let me just, uh, you know, let me hedge my bets a bit here and assume mm -hmm. that I'm probably not going to do it without him. <laughs> you know? That's so good. Yeah, I like that. Instead of having to back up and then take another mm -hmm. and, and then like hang your head before God and say, yeah. well, I got, you know, two thirds of the way there and then I failed. Yeah, it would save us a lot of heartache and time. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of times where, like, um, uh, you know, you start going down a literally like out here, you start going down a road, and you don't know where it's gonna go, <laughs> and and you just like, had I just looked at the map, I could have saved an hour of backtracking. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> hmm. That may or may not have happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, Probably more right. than once, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, 
Yeah. So yeah, that's um, and one of the things too about like just about Nehemiah is is that um, wow, like he's there's so many names, there's so many things. Sorry, I keep getting this call. <laughs> there's so many things um, in Nehemiah. There's so many like God is calling his people by name, and Nehemiah's. Nehemiah is writing them down. And actually it was Mackenzie that said something about that to me the other day. She was like, you know, sometimes I obsess about details and, and yet here's this, here's this picture of God being so detailed and, yeah. and listing the names of families. And to think that the God of the universe is calling me by name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about detail and passion. Yeah. Oh man. If God is so passionate to call me by name, wow, <laughs> that's impressive. That's really, yeah. I mean, that's, be- that's a beautiful picture of his deep care and love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, it, it, and, you know, for a long time, I've read through Nehemiah and all of the other books that we call the begats, you know, so-and-so begat, <laughs> so-and-so. Uh-huh. And it's like a... It just takes a long time. It's a bit of a drudgery to get through all yeah. those names. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but oftentimes I just sort of skip over that section, you know, those sections where I'm like, oh, it's just a list of bunch of names or right, I'm just going to skip down that paragraph. Like that's not really necessary. But I mean, when you think about it that way, like it is necessary. It is important to remember that like the Lord knew every single one of these people by name and he made a point of putting their name down right mm-hmm. here so that we exactly. could remember them um, and that they would be known for future generations. And that is crazy. Well, there's, I, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world. Um, there's the ones that leave when the movie's over and then there's the type of people <laughs> that just sit and let the credits roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And, and it's funny because we always look for who was the best boy, who was the key grip and all this kind of stuff. We know we, mm-hmm. in our family, we would just kind of sit and when we see who the key grip was, it was like, oh, okay, we just, you know, but I mean, it, you know, here's this, this list of names of people who worked on this, this labor of love, this movie. Yeah. And, you know, and, and some of these, uh, you know, some of these books in the old Testament, I mean, they're kind of like that, mm-hmm. you know, they're yeah. this list of names, but they also have lives attached to them. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, most of the time, like when my family goes to see movies in theaters or something like that, we usually sit and watch the credits. Uh, but we always look for like the funniest names. So if yeah. one of us sees a funny name, we'll like say it out loud and we'd try to like compete to like find <laughs> who can find the funniest, most odd name, or we, you know, if we find our own name or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I mean, everybody had a piece in it. Everybody had a yeah, part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you know, one of the things that came out of a conversation that I had with Mackenzie about, you, you know, <laughs> we're talking about rebuilding the church, right? Mm-hmm. And basically I wrapped up with don't rebuild something that needs to be reborn. And <laughs> yeah, that's she was true. like, you know, it's just this whole series we've been talking about. Then you just kind of go that way at the very end. Thanks a million. You know, I mean, and I, I did feel, well, I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel bad. Um, 
Because I, I just, I, like, I'm just, I'm so convinced that, that we're standing at the precipice of something amazing as a church. Yeah. And maybe, you know, we're calling it rebuilding, but maybe it's time for a rebirth. Maybe it's, hmm. you know, like now is the time to, um, well, there's this old joke about a, a, a church that was looking for a pastor, like their pastor retired. Mm-hmm. New guy comes in, moves the piano from the right side of the stage to the left side of the stage. And there's this big uproar and <laughs> the board votes him out. He loses his job because. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. So the piano goes back to the right side of the stage and they hire another pastor. And like 20 years later, the guy who got fired comes back and the, and the panel's on the left side of the stage. And he's like, how did you, how did you get, uh, they fired me over moving the piano. <laughs> He says, I just moved it one inch at a time, you know? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I feel like that's the church so many times that we like, we're so risk averse. We are so afraid to move forward. And right now is the perfect time to -hmm. just like cast down everything and say, anything that doesn't serve the Lord's purposes, let's ditch it. Let's let let it go. Let it yeah. go. It's just holding us down. And so, you know, this picture of Nehemiah rebuilding the wall and the amount of work that went into it and the people that labored over it, you know, is this, it, it's a picture for our time. It's, we're, we're right there. Do we need to rebuild or do we need to just like go a whole new, you know, just go a whole new direction? I mean, we're still, you know, we're still, um, committed to our relationship with personal relationships with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that can, you know, we can never deviate from that, but the mechanics of how we do church and the mechanics of yeah. what Christendom looks like in the world mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Perfect time to just like, yeah, you know, like, well, did we need that part of the wall? Nope. Mm-hmm. Turns out we didn't. Cool. Let's yeah. put a gate there. <laughs> well, and I think not only is it a time to change, but it's a time where like we're having to change. Like we're being yes. forced to change. And I yeah. think a lot of, from stories that I've heard, some churches are very resistant to that right now. And they're still trying to do the same old, same old, and it's just not working. And so I think it is a time where not only are we changing because, you know, we want to, but because we have to. And it's like, the Lord is just like, no, you guys weren't taking the hint. So now you have to, you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. It's like, we're terrible at hints. Uh-huh. Right? We're just awful at hints. <laughs> and so the, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, it grieves my heart to know that it's taken us so long to just, to just figure it, to, like we had to get to the point, I mean, it's like the children of Israel, right? Like they they got carried off into exile mm-hmm. and the prophets that came and they were, they were saying, Hey, you guys like pay attention. God's trying to tell you something. And it took them getting carried into exile before they really made any changes. And I feel like this could be sort of construed as that's that kind of, uh, not that God specifically is bringing coronavirus to be harmful to people. You know, I don't want to go down that road at all. Right, right, right. But it is definitely a time for us to look and examine everything we do mm. and 
and, and just really understand like where do, where do we go from here? What is, what can the church do that makes the name of Jesus beautiful in today's culture mm-hmm. that isn't tied to the ways that we've done things? And yeah, you're right. There's a lot of, I just, I just took a, a long motorcycle trip around the country. I did 8,500 oh, cool. miles. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I went with a friend of mine. He's 78 years old. And um, <laughs> we rode around the country. And yeah, there's a lot of places that are just deeply steeped in tradition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they're they just refusing to look at where we're at now as an opportunity. You know, they're seeing it yeah. as oppression from the government or right. oppression yes. from this or that. Mm-hmm. And I see it as as like, this is this is our chance to shine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, kind of speaking of that, I'm curious how um, like home groups and church is looking for you guys out in Mitchell. Um, Cause you guys are a much smaller community and church than we are over here. So the, what, what we've started to do is um, we were relying on just um, on online, you know, just doing the online church thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so then um, what happened was about a month ago, um, about just under a month ago, Jalea and I, my wife Jalea and I, we were talking about church and what we're going to do. And our church is anywhere between between like two and 20 people. <laughs> we, we never know. You know, it's a lot of ranchers and farmers out here and things mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, uh, when ranching, you know, when, when it's calving season, Ranchers are up all night. We don't see them at church. You know, mm-hmm. when things are slow, we see more people. But our meeting space is relatively small, and so the idea of meeting in person in the small space and all of the requirements that went along with that, mm-hmm. which is pretty daunting. So, okay. um, we just started having church uh, every other week, okay. and we're meeting outside down by the creek behind the behind the church. I like that. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. So we're, you know, this is a great opportunity. And it's it's very funny because um one of our congregation members, Bryn, she's the uh she's the postmaster here in Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And Bryn has the most extraordinary garden. Um Ooh, I call okay. her for the chief beautification officer because <laughs> she always brings flowers and all this stuff. Nice. So uh, she's been trying to get me to have church outside for uh, two years, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And so finally, we meet outside, you know, and, I, and she's not, you know, she's not uh, like uh, smug or anything about right, it. Right, right, right. But it was like, it went so well. And I'm like, why did I wait this long? It's so dumb, <laughs> you know. And Jalee, my wife, she was the same way. She's like, let's just meet outside. Yeah, but we got the TV inside and the my bullet points and the you know we're used to this and <laughs> uh huh yeah yep yeah so we went outside and Tom played his guitar and I played mandolin and we played a couple songs at, by the I creek love and we it. you know and then we did our message and and it was more discussion yeah it was more like a discussion it was more like a small yeah group. absolutely um, and I feel like that's what you know, our home groups right now, that's the point is to have more of that discussion based to get us um, thinking more instead of just, you know, come to Sunday, you sit, 
you listen, you maybe take a note or two or not, and then you say hi, bye to people and leave, you know, whereas now we're really trying to make a point of, okay, let's actually like sit down and think through like what was talked about and like how we can really try to implement this throughout this next week. Yeah. Um, so one of the, one of the things that I have found is that when you have that kind of environment, one person will ask a question and you look around the room and everybody's got their eyebrows at the top of their foreheads and they're like, you know, shaking their head. Yes. <laughs> because generally speaking, when one person asks a question, you know, 80% of the room was wondering the same thing. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so these small groups and, and the, as our church has always been very conversational because it's small. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I love that people can ask questions and you know what? There's a lot of times that my answer is, mm, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. but then we we're thinking about it during the week and we see mm-hmm. each other in town or the post office or the store. And we, you know, we, you know, we don't have deep theological discussions, uh, you know, at the vegetable aisle at Wheeler County <laughs> Trading, but you know, we do touch bases and say, oh, you know, I've been thinking about that. And, yeah. you know, and that's what's, I think, I think when, when the Lord is saying, you know, always have me on your mind. I wonder if that's part of it is just, mm-hmm. and so having those small groups, being able to have question and answer is yeah. so, so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it helps include everybody. Yeah. yeah and that's one thing that I like. And I really appreciate too that, um, you know, Praise has been really trying to even include the kids in it with the puppet show that they do on Sunday and having mm-hmm. them um, draw a picture that's related to the service to be, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, feel included um, and connected instead of just being like, oh, well, we have a separate video for you that we're going to play in a different room where you can mm-hmm. go do your own yep. thing. And um, so I think it's even just sort of bringing back together, you know, that family mentality of instead of like, you know, different generations going off into separate rooms, like having everybody multi-generationally in a room together talking about these things is very important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's well, one of the things that we loved about praise Oh, mm-hmm. is the multi-generational part that, you know, and that is critical, I think. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we're just starting to run out of times. Yeah. So uh, just real quick, I wanted to throw out the discussion questions that we had on Sunday service and see just if you had any thoughts on them. So the first question that we had was, what are you working on to bring about holiness in your life? And then the second Mm -hmm. question that we had that you, we kind of already talked about a little bit is, are you trying to rebuild something that needs to be reborn? So my, my you know, my quest for holiness has a lot to do with scheduling priorities. Yes. I am horrible about saying yes to anything. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> oh, it's terrible. My my boss, uh, Derek Adams, this, uh, my boss when I worked at the agency, he was like, "Pat, you're a you're like a you're like a Labrador retriever. Every time someone throws the ball, you're going to chase it <laughs> until you're dead." <laughs> and so, what that means is that since everything is important nothing's important. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Oh and my so gosh. Mm. what I'm trying to do is like, say, okay, you know what, Jalay, my wife, you're important. The projects that you want done are important. Yeah. You know, members of the community, you're important. 
and mm. and so I'm, you know, I'm trying really hard to 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 do a better job at setting priorities, setting reasonable expectations and timeframes, and then yeah. but rebuilding, you know, and and that's that's actually a rebirth for me because I've never been good at it. So it's not like I'm rebuilding mm-hmm. this this broken system. <laughs> this is a whole new me. I mean, uh-huh. it's completely new. And so, um, and it feels good too, you know? Yeah. Um, I kind of went from always feeling like a failure because I was missing everybody's mark and just giving 10% of myself to, you know, a hundred, you know, to, to 10 different things. Mm-hmm. And instead saying, no, I'm going to give a hundred percent to this one thing until I'm done with it. And I'm yeah. going to honor this person. Yeah. By giving them everything I have and not dividing it up. Hmm. That's a whole new thing for me. I mean, it's, that is completely new. That's, that's a rebirth for me. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't come about from the motorcycle trip either. It was <laughs> when I got back and July and I had a really serious conversation about, you know, how we, how, how we deal with priorities differently. And so, yeah, it's, it's a rebirth and yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> I think that's really interesting because yeah. similarly, I have a problem saying yes to things that I either don't want to do or don't have the time to do. Um, and uh, I think it's funny because oftentimes, like, we don't recognize things in ourselves that other people recognize about us. And so today, actually, I had a meeting um, with um, my staff for Campus Ambassadors and uh I guess he's technically considered my boss. He was kind of like, I don't know if you've uh, realized this, Morgan, but I haven't really given you much to do lately because I just need you to get support right now. You just need to raise 100% support Mm. and then Mm -hmm. you can focus on other things. And I know that you would say yes to things Mm -hmm. if I gave them to you. So I haven't really Mm -hmm. been giving you much to Mm -hmm. do. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I was wondering about that. Because <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm not like doing enough. Like, you're like, do you need me to do more things? Mm-hmm. Like, no, just, just raise your support. Focus on that right now. That's what I need you to do. And then when you're done with that, then, then I'll, I'll add more stuff. We can slowly, you know, get more things rolling. But for right now, like, don't feel bad about just working on that one thing. Like, don't feel like you're, you know, taking advantage of the situation or something. He's like, that's what you need to do right now. And, and so I'm not going to give you more things to put on your plate that you'll say yes to, even though you don't have time for them. <laughs> um, and so, right, right. so I feel so blessed that I have people in my life who recognize those things about me and um, Mm -hmm. don't take advantage of that, but instead help me with it. You know, they, they prioritize me and they really want to support me and, and help me with that. Um, So it was just really eye opening for me, you know, hearing him say that and be like, Oh, okay. That's, that's really good to know and to hear from you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) For a long time, Jalei has been my, uh, uh, you know, my red line governor of sorts, you know, like, so I didn't like, I, it's easy for me to just go completely all out <laughs> until I'm burned out. Yeah. And she's always like, she's the one that's always, okay, Hey, you know, you need to step back here. And so mm-hmm. taking that role on myself at the ripe old age of 50 is, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a new thing. So yeah. Yeah. No, listen to that too. I mean, if somebody's saying, you know, you need to sort of, you know, tap, tap the brakes, step on the clutch, focus, be really good at that one thing until you're done with it instead of yeah. being okay at 20 things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which is hard for yeah, me because I like to be exactly. like busy. I like to have tasks to check off and do. And so when it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know I just have this one thing to do, but it's a really daunting thing to do, then it makes it more challenging. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. Yeah, no, my, uh, my mother was, uh, my mom was like that. She just like, she was a powerhouse. She could just get anything done. So she was always busy. <laughs> so I've had to, I've had to up and go, okay. I don't always need to be busy. Yeah. Rest is good. <laughs> All right. It is. Well, it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're running out of time because Zoom only gives us the 40 minutes. So, and I don't want to push okay. it. So, <laughs> no problem. Uh, no I just problem. want to thank you so much for joining me via Zoom, Pat. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And I also have to say, I loved that you did your service out um, in the middle of nature, out in the canyons. It was really beautiful. <laughs> I was enjoying the scenery the whole time. I was like, this is a beautiful oh. place. I got to get out there. <laughs> I'm hoping, I, I honestly am hoping that that we'll adopt that kind of thinking on our on our broadcasts, you know, or, or our, our recorded messages because... Mm-hmm. There's just so much beautiful stuff out there. Yeah, you know? there is. And especially where I live. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. It is. I joke that you can drop a camera around here and get a good picture. So. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I hope we do more on-location stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was really relaxing in a way to just yeah. be. I mean, I was out there a mile, two miles, a mile from the road. You know, phone's mm-hmm. not ringing. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's Probably knocking no on your door. <laughs> no, there's no service at all. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> mm. Joked with Mackenzie that I was glad we weren't doing the uh, sermon about Paul and the snakes because there's right now there's rattlesnakes out, you know, Ooh. so I was like. Okay, maybe I don't want to go talking. out there. No, you're fine. You just got to listen for them. <laughs> walk with heavy, walk with heavy feet and they'll go away. <laughs> okay. Ooh. So. Uh. Well, thank you again, Pat, for joining us and for everyone who is tuning in. We appreciate you guys. You can find us on social media. Uh, We have Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, Just search for Praise Family. And you can also find us on YouTube to listen to all of our past sermons um, and on our website, which is praise.family. And thank you so much for joining us and have a blessed week. All right, Pat, that was the end of it. So I appreciate you go. being here again. <laughs> sure thing. Thanks for having me. I, I really, it, it's these kinds of things um, really like one of the things that we struggle with out here is a sense of loneliness from the praise mm. family. Yeah. So, that's understandable. Yeah. So that's the, mm. that's the difficult part of being here. There's so many benefits mm. to being here, but that's one of the ones that's the hardest. Yeah. Um, so having sermon planning meetings and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff is really critical. And yeah. um, so, you know, doing this and just being connected to the praise family is like, mm-hmm. it's so, so it's not just nice. It's really important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really yeah. important. Well, I would say even like us here, like I, me and Monmouth, think, like being, knowing that there are other campuses as well, like the McMinnville, you guys like just, recognizing mm-hmm. that and having time to mm-hmm. sort of interact with and see other people on the screen too has been really cool for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're a pretty big family. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're an extended family all over the place, all over in Oregon. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
<laughs> okay. Well, um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, Pat. It was good talking with you. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.